Thank you very much, the Provost, the Assistant Provost, and the clergy for considering me worthwhile. Standing with you in prayer, I have come, first of all, to pray and then to share God's word. And uh, I should also say that this is the first night of glory that I'm attending <laughs> since the lockdown. So this is very special for me. We haven't opened yet at St. Francis Chapel, uh, but we are, we are, we, we, we are quite a force. If you declare a night of prayer, you will have over 1,000 uh, people, and we can imagine they will be packed and packed the whole night. So we are still monitoring uh, the situation, but one of these days, <laughs> One of these days, we will declare another night of glory. And when some of them saw my status, because I, I put the e-flyer on my status, some said, I, I have to go, I have to go. I don't know whether they were lying or not. Let me see. Oh, they, oh okay. <laughs> you see? Quite, quite a number of them are here. And you are going to be blessed because you came. So I thank God for a praying church, for a praying provost. Now when you see... <laughs> when you see the provost herself here, then you know the devil is in trouble. The devil is in trouble. And by your participation, you are releasing the entire church. When I joined Makerere, I was told that there would be about 40 people coming for nights of prayer. In fact, one of them said the biggest number I've ever had was 80. And so I, I made a, a clarion call for prayer. And I said, a church that is prayerless is powerless. A Christian that is prayerless is powerless. You can, you can preach, you can come to church, you can sing, you can take readings, but if you are not a praying Christian, you have no power. You cannot chase a demon and, and the demon leaves. And uh, so they, they, they understood me. And I participated in the praying myself all night long. There's nothing like drowsing or sleeping or, you know, all night long. The first time there were about 150, second time there were about uh, maybe 200 something. And by the time the coronavirus invaded us, we would be about 1,200. The whole place would be packed. The whole place. And, and there was nothing like leaving at midnight. Once you come, you are there to stay. And even if you want to leave, 
you will feel like you are going to miss what is going to follow. And so I really bless the Lord for the involvement of clergy from the top leadership to, to the, very least, the, the very last one, the very least. Their involvement in this prayer ministry is very, very important. And when they can't make it, you'll understand. Because when some people decide to sleep in after the night of prayer, then a clergy has a wedding or something. In fact, at seven, I'm supposed to be having a, an AGM of, of some group. <laughs> Of some group, the, the, the senior citizens. Of, of, but I think they will understand if I don't appear. <laughs> Let them know if they are watching, they, they should know I'm here. It's going to be very hard to, to be in, in a meeting at 7 a.m. But I will have no regret having spent time in prayer in this very place. And you should be knowing the significance of the cathedral. Because what happens here cascades into the parishes, into the smaller churches. And when revival begins here, then it's going to leave no stone unturned. In fact, I can't wait for the first night of glory in the new cathedral when when it is when it is finished when it is finished when it's uh, you know i can't wait i pray that i will be there so this is very exciting and god is going to bless you tonight because you came and those of you who are following the topic is far from oppression. That's what, that's what we're going to reflect on. Far from oppression. In other words, oppression will not be anywhere near you. Oppression, God is going to keep it at bay. Far, 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 not near, far from oppression. You are a child of God. Therefore, you should not be oppressed by the evil powers. And the, the text is Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14. Isaiah 54, 14. I read it in the New King James Version. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Praise the name of Jesus. Oppression, terror, and anything fearful shall not come near you. And we are living in the days when 
we are surrounded by fear, when we are surrounded by terror, there was a, a fundamentalist who released a video about suicide bombers and was saying, bomb, bomb the churches, bomb, don't, don't bomb, don't bomb the, the, in the, the streets, you know, because the, the, you kill your, your, your fellow people there. Target, reverence, target, you know. Go to Namirembe. I don't know if you saw that video. We are surrounded by terror. We are surrounded by, by a pandemic, something that we had never heard of, something that we never thought would affect a nation like Uganda. But we thank God for the way he intervened. It could have been worse. So we are surrounded. We are surrounded by all these forces of evil. But you see, God is assuring us of protection. Now, this is a prophecy that comes after a chapter which talks about Jesus Christ, the suffering of Jesus, Isaiah 53. This prophecy is placed. It's an account that is placed immediately after the chapter that speaks about the suffering of Christ, about Christ himself, the Messiah. And so we may be justified to believe that we are living in the reality of that prophecy. The city of God where believers dwell is secure. The city of God where believers dwell, where saints dwell, is secure. And this promise is in the now. The fulfillment is in the now and also in the future because we are children of God and therefore we are beneficiaries of the protection that God gives to the righteous. And there are some key words there in righteousness, meaning that righteousness is a precondition for that protection. Righteousness is a precondition for that protection that Isaiah talks, up, talks about here. It is a precondition for that defense. So not anybody can claim the protection of God, the defense of God, as far as this scripture is concerned. It is only the righteous that have the protection of God. In other words, protection comes as a result of righteousness. And you know very well that that righteousness is imparted on us at conversion. When you get born again, 
Jesus imparts the gift of righteousness upon you. And then you begin the journey of sanctification. You make a deliberate effort to live in holiness. So righteousness is imparted. Holiness is a choice. You've got to work on it. And the Bible says, strive for holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. And so, righteousness is important. We have got to be, if we are to be beneficiaries of this protection, then we need Jesus. And in case you're here, and you've never received Jesus Christ, I want to challenge you to consider doing that, making that decision. And if you are watching and following, and you have never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you want his protection, then this is your time. Righteousness. Righteousness. And it must be, it had better be the righteousness of Jesus. Because the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 that our righteousness is like filthy rags. Every righteous act of someone who is not born again is like filthy rags. And you know our provost was one of my favorite professors at a seminary. She taught me Bible interpretation, biblical interpretation. I think uh, she's now trying to find out whether, she, whether I learned what she taught me. But you see, that word righteousness in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for, righteous, for filthy rags, the Hebrew word for filthy rags is the equivalent of the contemporary sanitary towels. Sanitary towels. The, the, the towels that ladies use when they're crossing the Red Sea. Guys don't understand this kind of language. So even the user, even the user will not want to keep it. Now the Bible says, your righteousness at its best. All those righteous acts, they're like filthy rags. And that's why it is important to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then he imparts on you his righteousness. Praise the name of Jesus. So that's a precondition. There are certain things that we must do in order to profit from the benefits that follow. For example, James, let me, let me remind you of a word that is commonly used. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Therefore, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And he will flee from you. No, note that order. You have got to submit yourself, first of all, to who? To God. So you submit to his laws, his uh, commands, and then 
you can resist the enemy. You can not in your power, but in the spirit of submission. In other words, the ability to resist the devil is in the spirit of submission to God. It's not in your own strength. Your own strength will fail you. So my point number one is that righteousness is a precondition for God's protection. You know, Job was a righteous man, and God could testify about Job. He was spotless. When it came to moral law, uh, moral law when it came to a life that honors God, that, that is uh, in, uh, in tune with the divine nature of God, righteous living, Job had a distinction. And God himself could testify. He was telling Satan, you know, you know my servant Job. You know that he's righteous. There's no one on earth who is like him. And Satan said, does he fear you for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him, around his household, meaning every member of his family, and around his property, everything he has. So there was a hedge of protection around Job, around his household, and around his family. And that's what happens when you live a righteous life. God puts a hedge of protection, a hedge of fire, a ring of protection by his blood around you, around his family, your family, and around your property. Now, if you understand what I've just said, now you should visualize your spouse, your, your father, your mother, there's a world of protection around them. Amen? Your property. I saw some nice cars out there. They are all protected. It's a wall of fire. And everything that you have, according to that scripture. Now, you may want to wonder, how come Job lost everything he had? In fact, he himself says, that, you know, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, that statement needs to really be understood. It needs to be understood. The people quote it uh, every funeral. In fact, I think the Muslims, they have a way of saying it in the Arabic. Um, some people have sung about it. Someone like uh, Matt Redman. You give and take away. You give and take away. Now, 
So how did God take what he had given him? Then, then, then what is the work of the enemy? You see, the devil comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. Let me make a, a very dangerous statement here. Very dangerous. These theologians may, <laughs> may, I may have trouble with them. But my thinking is that that statement is true. It's a, a true statement. All right? It's a true statement in the sense that Job made it. But in my opinion, and this is me, I think it's not a statement of truth. Because you see, Job later, Job later says, what I feared has come to me. What I dreaded has happened to me. That's what Job said later. Which makes me to feel or to think that you see the wall was there, the wall protected everything, including his life and the children, but the job operated in fear. He operated in fear. As, as he saw his children parting, he would say, oh, one day this house is going to collapse on them. And the house corrupts on them. Oh, this beautiful skin of mine one day may get diseased. And he it got diseased. Oh, this property of mine. Job was the richest man in, 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 the, in, in, in the far east there. He was the richest man. His property, somebody came and raided them, somebody, you know, he kept getting reports, messengers, messengers. So what happened to the hedge? Because Satan himself could say, there's a hedge around him. There's a hedge around his children. There's a hedge around his property. So what happened to the hedge? My understanding is that Job operated in fear, and in so doing... He created, the devil created a hole within the hedge, and the devil came in, stole the children. Ten, oh, oh, by the way, there were ten. Seven sons, three daughters. He killed them. He came and, and, and raided his property, his, you know. So Job now is able to say, what I feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come to me. Now tell your neighbor, be careful what you fear. Careful what you fear. Oh, I think I think I I think I'll get breast cancer. My aunt got it, my, you know. Now we are coming to the exams. I'm not ready. I'm going to fail them. You will. <laughs> this, you know, I, I have sat on a border. This is not, um, uh, what is the other one which is registered? 
Safe. This is not safe border. I've just uh, jumped on, 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 on a funny one. The, 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 the rider doesn't even have a helmet. I don't think I will get to Makerere. You will not get there. You've got to be careful what you fear. And I believe there's a reason why we see a lot of this phrase, fear not. Fear not. In the Bible, a lot of this phrase, or its equivalent, do not be afraid, do not be terrified. There are so many in the Bible. And the Bible here says in, in our scripture of reflection, for you shall not fear. You shall not fear. There, there is a time I wrote uh, something, a rebuttal, and, 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 and somebody, you know, was threatening to kill us. I wrote a rebuttal <laughs> to correct some heresy. And, and, and some people would call and say, we're just going to die. We're going to kill you. You know? But I, I don't fear these things. I, I was received by Elon and, and Tim. I came alone. And I'm going back alone with, because the Lord is there. There are angels around me. So fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Tell your neighbor, the Lord says to you, fear not. Because his protection is around you. You see, that's the reason you should not fear is because God himself is providing the defense. It is not in guns. We now know that guns are not enough to protect human life, especially here in Africa. So the Lord's protection is upon you. Somebody say amen. amen. Now point number two is that all the powers of evil are under God's control. All the powers of evil are under God's control. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, you know, Jesus delegates his power to us, power over evil. And he says, I give you authority to trample over snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and behold, nothing by any means shall harm you. And when Jesus says nothing, then it means not absolutely nothing. Because he has given you authority, delegated authority. Now the challenge is that some of us don't use that, that, that authority. But when Jesus delegates power, when he delegates authority, then you cease to be just Onesimus. Outwardly you are, but on the inside, you are more than Onesimus. There's a time I was serving as the chaplain to the archbishop, and uh, he was in Ginger. He was doing a pastoral ministry in Ginger. And he was supposed to be given an award 
that weekend, so he asked me to come and receive it on his behalf. It was an award on, on integrity. The other recipient was the first lady, uh, Janet Museveni, and the third was uh, Bale Francis, who used to read news on UBC. So he said, you, you go and receive it on my behalf. So meaning, go in my name. I give you authority. And so he gave me his vehicle, his official vehicle, with the driver, and to really, really enjoy that authority, I sat in the assassination corner. <laughs> and I came reading newspapers. So we get to Serena. Uh, there was a, a red carpet. They flagged us, you know, through the gate. There was a gentleman dressed in a white suit and white hat. He saluted. He opened the door. I came out. <laughs> I was about to close it myself. I, I remember that. <laughs> Because I was not used to those things. I remember that he was the same man supposed to close it. And I walked on the red carpet. And we had some cocktail in some room, VIPs only. And uh, in fact, that's when I knew that some of these people can be too intelligent in one area, but not very intelligent in another. I remember one of them with some big person saying, welcome bishop. <laughs> yeah. I did not say I am not a bishop, I just, you know, I kept sit, uh, sipping on my, uh, on my drink. And then time for receiving awards, they invited the first lady, she was there in person, invited the first lady, she went, she received it, then I said, Archbishop Henry Lukorombi, I walked there. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to say he's not, he's not here, he's in ginger, no, 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 no. He had delegated me. So I got it, I received it, and uh, you know, showed it to the cameras, and you know, as if I were the one. <laughs> and then we took a picture, I stood next to the, to the first lady. Because that's where the Archbishop would have stood. You know? I was not saying I'm just the chaplain, I'm just... No, 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 no. <laughs> so God has given you authority. Yeah. Amen? And you go, you, are, you operate in his name. And when he says, I have given you authority over scorpions, over snakes, and over every power of the enemy. And then he says, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Then you had better believe it. Amen? You had better believe it. Romans 16 verse 20 says, and soon the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet. 
It doesn't say under his feet. It says, shall crush Satan, not demons, not demons, not just principalities, Satan under your feet. Somebody said, devil, devil. as you stamp your, your foot on the ground, devil, devil. you are under my feet. <laughs> Say it again, devil, devil. you are under my feet. <laughs> you don't have to fear to do that. You don't have to fear to do that. You may say, has this scripture been fulfilled? Yes. You have authority. When, when Jesus says, over every power, the one of Satan is inclusive. Every power means every power. And Reinhard Bonke, he went to be with the Lord. Reinhard Bonke said, if you have a message for the devil, write it on the soul, on the soul of your feet, or shoes, if you're wearing shoes, the devil will read it from there. Because the devil is under your feet. Amen. Point number three. God himself defends his people. God himself defends his people. It is related to the first two, but it is strong in its, in its own way. Because God himself you see, we are talking about delegated power, but now we want to see that God himself will protect you. And he will defeat every enemy, no matter how powerful the enemy may be. And so you are not subject to any oppression. And oppression means prolonged cruel or unjust treatment. You see, you're on the receiving end of unjust authority. You're being oppressed by somebody stronger than you. But your life is safe because God himself will defend you. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, for you died, people who have accepted Jesus Christ have died to sin. You see, the feelings are dead. They, they, no longer, they are no longer driven by what they see, by what they hear. No. So you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, I want to make the, a, a very little illustration here of my wallet. Now, assume, assume there is one million dollars here. Just assume. <laughs> it's an assumption. And you get the one, you get this wallet, put it in a safe, and then put the safe in a strong room. In every bank, there's a strong room. Meaning, if anybody wants to get my $1 million here, they need to break the strong room, 
and then break the safe. So the Bible says, your life is hidden with Christ. You see? The one million dollars hidden in the safe with Christ. And Christ is in God. So there are two layers of protection around you. Praise the name of Jesus. And if the enemy is to get you, then he's got to break through the strong room and also to break the safe. And I wish him the best. Because he knows he was defeated on the cross. Jesus conquered demons and principalities and made them a public spectacle. He triumphed over them on the cross. And so, your life, tell your neighbor, that's how safe your life is. Praise the Lord. Now, back to our text, Isaiah chapter 54, we shall now read verse 15. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. And whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. They will gather. The enemies will gather. The forces of evil will gather against you. But it will not be the Lord's doing. The Lord is saying, the Lord is saying, no, no, no. If ever you are attacked by the enemy, then I, please remember, I, it's, not, it's not me. He's giving you that assurance. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. That's why you need to be encouraged. All you need is to align yourself with the will of God. All you need is to be sure that you are on the side of God and God is on your side because you and God are the majority. You and God, you are the majority. And I'm so glad that you are here to train, to get into warfare, to pray, to contend with the enemy. It's very good training for you. Because you see, we have a lot of Christians who, uh, who are lazy. They, they don't know how to pray and they don't want to learn how to pray. I see them. I see them. There are many. And so they keep saying, pray, man of God, pray for me. Pray for me. I always remind them, I say, I need to pray with you. Meaning you're praying and I'm only reinforcing the prayer. I need to pray with you. There's one who said, I am lazy. Uh, uh, please pray that uh, when it comes to six in the morning, I can get out of bed and, and pray. I said, well, set your alarm. And when, it, when, it, when the alarm goes, push, you know, use your, your one leg to kick the, the duvet. And then I'll pray for, for the second leg also to follow. <laughs> and then some will say, I, I prayed. I have hundreds of messages about dreams. I, I dreamt about a rat. What does it mean? 
I dreamt about, you know, <laughs> the next day is a cockroach. Then, you know, just rebuke them. Just. So I'm so glad that you are here. I'm really very proud of you. I am very, very proud of you. People who pray, I'm very excited about you. Because prayer, personally, is my heartbeat. And the Lord revealed this to me when, when I got born again in 1988. I, and the Lord filled me with his spirit. I led the prayer movement in, in Kabale that put me in trouble somehow. But I, I don't regret. I mobilized young people to pray. We would spend sleepless nights in the mountains of, of Kabale, very cold, with the sky as, as our blanket and, and grass as our mattress. Very cold nights. But we prayed. We called on the name of the Lord. With young people. I wasn't praying with the people with bald heads. No, just young people. Youth. Youth. There was no one with gray hair. And then we were harassed. We were persecuted. But we prayed. And now when I look back, I see people like... Um, uh, you are in, in, in Reza now, I think your people's warden, Akim, August, Augustus, Augustine, you know? That, that's, that was one of them. I see people like uh, Dr. Brian Rushaju. I think he's a member of the council here. That was one of them. They, they would wear shorts. They were, they were, I was their teacher, but I would take them to the prayer mountain. And, you know, I see people like uh, uh, this lady who had disorganized a lot of uh, thieves. Uh, you know, that was one of them. <laughs> you know, and many others. The list goes on. The list goes on. We have no regret that we prayed. And so you are here investing in prayer. You have no idea how God will use the time you're spending here tonight to bless you in future, to open doors for you. You know? Recently, we, we, the Lord gave us a house, so... It was a, a, a ten-year project. We built it for ten years, and now it's finished. You know, your your, your assistant uh, provost was there, and uh, and that colonel came, and the whole hill was terrorized. They thought she had come to arrest me. <laughs> you know, the soldiers surrounded that whole hill and. And, and she said, I have not come to investigate Reverend Onesimus. I have come to join him in dancing and praising the Lord for the gift of this house because I know where he has come from. You know? And she gave them the story of how we used to pray in the mountain. He was there. He was there. Was, no, that was another time. You came another time, yeah. But there were many people there. But anyway, the, the, the point I'm trying to emphasize is that you are 
in the right place at the right time. And when we say pray, don't wait for somebody to be guiding you even on how, just pray. When it comes personal needs, pray, pray. When it is healing, pray, you know. And uh, you will begin to see results. We can never pray in vain. So there is a promise of absolute security. Because God will provide his people with impenetrable defenses. Believe it or not, I have ever spent a night at the president's home in Rashtura. And uh, we passed through one gate, then we passed through another, and then the, the, the one, there was one that is also, you know, just before you get into the house, there's, you know. So three rings of security. And we were not just having dinner or, and then leaving. No, we were there to spend the night. Where, where you take off shoes and wear sandals and, you know. And, and then I dined with him at the same table. He was sitting where the head sits. I was sitting on his left. And he would look at me. He has a big eye. <laughs> Where do you come from? And we talked. And then he said, Let's, we'll have also breakfast together. Now that night, that night, uh, these, these are more sorry, uh, warriors coming from, uh, from that hill, praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, most, more, more warriors coming. Now, so, that night, I remember I just closed the door. There was no need of locking it. <laughs> there was no need of locking it. Who is going to attack me there? You know? Who is going to, to come and steal my phone? You know, there is, there is a way in which we need to be aware of the protection of God. If God would open your eyes... To see the demons you walk through daily, those that, way, that, that waylay you, but when you come, they, 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 you know, they run, you see? They, they come with spears, they try to stab you, and then when you come, they, then they tremble, and you know. But, but you see, we don't see these things. We don't see these things. I'm praying that tonight, God will open someone's eyes to begin seeing also in the spirit. To begin seeing in the spirit. And then he says, in verse 16, that we always quote 17, but before we get to 17, this is what he says in verse 16. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the spoiler to destroy. In other words, before we talk about the weapon, God says, I am the one who has created 
the one who makes the weapon. I'm the one who has made, who has created the blacksmith, you know, the, that uh, artisan who will shape the different metals and come out with, you know, different shapes and objects. I'm the one who created him. Is what God is saying. And because I am the one who created the blacksmith, because I'm the one who created the artisan, now I can say, therefore, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And these are the words of God speaking to you now, tonight. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen? And there are many weapons that target us as believers, that target leaders, that target priests, that target lay people alike, that target the young and target the old. But none of them formed against you shall prosper. God will keep it at bay. Oppression will not come anywhere near you. In the name of Jesus. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. There are weapons which are fashioned against us. Conspiracy. People ganging against you. You know, plans to pull you down. Plans to weaken you. But nothing will prosper. Nothing, nothing, nothing will prosper. Point number four. Your deliverance from oppression or the oppressor is now. Your deliverance from the oppressor is now. Praise the Lord. It is now. It is now. It is tonight. You see, the Egyptians under Pharaoh oppressed the Israelites. You know the story very well. It was a lot of oppression, hard work. They were dehumanized. They were robbed of their rights. But a time came when Pharaoh was on the receiving end of oppression himself. When the plagues came, one after the other, he was under oppression. You know? And uh, let me read, let me read what he went through. One of the plagues was the frogs. I don't know if you've ever been moving uh, towards your house, your door in the evening, in the night, and then you just see a frog jumping in front of you. Just, oh, oh. Some people just, especially ladies, they fear. Ladies fear so many things. 
even a cockroach is a, you find somebody is terrified with a cockroach in the room. <laughs> you know? So, now, frogs came. Let's read Exodus chapter 8. I'm going to read this very quickly. If you can't get it, just listen. Exodus chapter 8 from verse 1. And, and, and those of you following, please, you know, write this if, if you have, if you are able to write. Now, then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and said to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will team with frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed, into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens and kneading troughs. The frogs will come upon you and your people and all your fishes. Now imagine those frogs, they're everywhere. They, they, they come in the, in the compound, they come in the house, in the living room, in the bedroom, on the beds. They come on, you can imagine a sea of frogs. Everywhere you see, there are frogs. They even go into the oven. Then of course that means they, they become your meal. You fry them. They're already there. So <laughs> you just light you just light it. Because you you try to remove them, others are there. What a plague. What a plague. And so Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. They're everywhere. Every utensil you think of in your in your house. The plates, you know, everywhere. Now let's read on. In verse 8, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. Now he's tired. He's, he's, he's getting humbled. Saying, Pray. <laughs> Pray to the Lord. No, he knows there is a Lord, there is a God who answers prayers. So that he can take them away. And I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Then Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people so that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs except for those that will remain in the Nile. We are talking of the waters, by the way, the Nile that has its source here in Uganda. But the frogs were not in Uganda, they were just in Egypt. So, the choice is yours. This is what uh, Moses tells Pharaoh. Determine the time. Determine when you want the Lord to clear the frogs. It's up to you. Just tell me, and then I will pray, and that will be it. Now, read verse 10. 
tomorrow. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. And Moses replied, it will be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. But you see, here is a situation where frogs are everywhere. They're in the compound, the living room, bedroom, on the bed, on plates, in the oven. And then the man of God says, determine the time that you want the frogs to go. And he says, tomorrow. <laughs> Not now, tomorrow. In other words, let me enjoy them for this last day. Let me enjoy them for this last day. There are some people that God speaks to. God speaks to somebody and the Lord wants to deal with the condition. They say, Lord, after the weekend, because they, they have an appointment with somebody, after the weekend, after the beach, that's when I repent of immorality. <laughs> you know? May God have mercy. Somebody say, I need, I want, not even need, I want my deliverance tonight. Say it again, I want my deliverance tonight. Amen. Not tomorrow. There's a lady from All Saints here. She came, she came to me 2019. She was desperate. She was desperate for, for, for freedom. I tried to, to, to block her. She said, no, I have to come. We had an evening meeting, I, I wish I was going to be uh, involved in. She said, I am coming all the same. And uh, so she came. And she said, if you have the ministry of deliverance, if it is true that you have the ministry of deliverance, I want my deliverance today. <laughs> I had never seen that kind of challenge. She said, I'm, I'm told you pray for people, so if you do, then I want my deliverance today, not tomorrow. She really put me on tension. And I, I don't think she, she got her deliverance the way she was expecting it. But she said, I want it today. Very desperate, uh, I think, a Mchiga lady. Very bold, like, like all Mchiga would be. But we prayed, I believed God for her breakthrough, and just today, she came and told me, it was that day that I got my deliverance. Uh, the Lord set me free, my journey of deliverance started here. She, she was in my office. I don't know if she's here, you know. But her name, her name is Lillian, let me mention the name. Her name is Lillian. And now she was telling me from that day, I got my deliverance. I am now into business. She told me what she does and I got amazed. But you see, that is what faith is about. That's what faith is about. 
You want your miracle? It is now. Because you are never sure of tomorrow. You're never sure. Of, there are moments that come that will never come again. In fact, somebody has said, an opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity because opportunities are not lasting. And, and there is an opportunity of a, last, a lifetime tonight. Amen. So you must grab that opportunity tonight with a sense of urgency. I'll give you another example, and then I should be uh, almost in for landing. The other example is a familiar story of a man called Bartimaeus, who was born blind. I think he was also born blind. There are some people who get blind after some time, but I think he was born blind as well. And Bartimaeus lived in Jericho. He was a beggar. And he earned his living. He survived on the streets by asking for alms. And then he heard that Jesus was passing by, and so Bartimaeus uh, cried out in a loud voice and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And some people tried to, to shut him down, to say, come on, stop. You don't know the one you're calling. You're just, you're just blind. But the more they tried to stop him, the louder he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. We read about that in Mark chapter 10 from verse 46. And in verse 49, the Bible says that Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Now Jesus stopped. He stopped for blind Bartimaeus. And if Jesus could stop for blind Bartimaeus, he will stop for you tonight. Teddy, call him. Call him. And these who are trying to shut him up went and called him. And this time they're not abusing him. They're saying, cheer up. Cheer up. He's calling you. The master is calling you. There are people who have been trying to make life difficult for you. To block you. You know, here and there. May they be the same people that will witness your breakthroughs. Yeah. May God... May God keep them alive to see you walking the aisle here, you know, to see you graduating, to see you producing children, you know. You know, the devil is a liar. There are people who are even on assignment to stop people from producing children. They, somebody gets married and, and another one is gnashing their teeth. So I didn't want her to get married, but now that she's married, I'm going to make sure that she doesn't produce children. So they go and make sacrifices, they, you know, trying to block your, your... In fact, the Lord told me, if there are such people, we are going to pray for them tonight. Yes, 
We are going to pray for them. I, I had some good time in the presence of God uh, this afternoon, and the Lord showed me uh, some categories of people that we're going to pray for. And the Lord will give them breakthroughs. Yes. So, uh, you, have, you have such people. May they witness your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. So they mounted the guard of honor and he came. He walked in between. Came to where Jesus was and Jesus said, what would you like me to do for you? But Mia said, I, I want to see. He had the answer. It was not like the other gentleman in, in John chapter 5. I want to see. Jesus said, you can see. And when you watch the movie, he says, I can see. It was instant. The miracle was instant. Amen? But Bartimaeus was unstoppable. He was unstoppable. Desperate situations demand desperate prayers. There are some people who don't pray simply because they have not had an experience of a desperate situation. They have not had that experience. And you don't want to wait for it in order for you to wake up to, to, to pray. The Bible says that throughout his life, Jesus offered up, you know, loud cries and petitions to the one who could hear him. Loud cries. That's how Jesus prayed. That was his life on earth. In Hebrews 5, 7. Suppose you are moving in a vehicle and the driver is moving at a speed of 150 kilometers per hour and then the steering rod uh, breaks and he's getting near a cliff and then he says, oh, the steering rod is broken and the car is swerving. Now, all of you make your, last, your final prayers Will you say, where is Reverend Hillary? Please lead us in a word of prayer. <laughs> Would you say that? Everybody at that time is calling on the, on the Lord. The, the Muslims, the whoever, uh, others are calling their mothers, but everybody is praying at that time. Let us first of all say, say the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> So desperate prayers demand, desperate situations demand desperate prayers. And Bartimaeus got his miracle. Now let me tell you something about this story. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem where he died, where he was buried, where he rose again, and where he ascended into heaven. Jesus never went back to Jericho. Jesus never went back to Jericho. In other words, if blind Bartimaeus had missed that opportunity of a lifetime, he was going to die a blind man. Jesus never went back to Jericho. Now I need to conclude.
What is oppressing you? What is oppressing you? I know somehow I'm preaching to the converted, but is there something operating, oppressing you? There is, you see, we are, we experience two kingdoms. There's a battle going on between two kingdoms. The kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of the marvelous light, and the kingdom of darkness. And you belong to either of them. There's no neutral ground. You cannot say part of me is in the kingdom of God and part of me is in the kingdom of darkness. And you are the reason they fight. They interact. You are the reason they interact. It's an interaction of kingdoms. The enemy wants to keep you in his kingdom. And God is saying, no, he's mine. The, king, the enemy comes and uh, captures the territory. And, and, and the kingdom of God comes, the kingdom of light comes to counteract the kingdom. And reclaim every square inch, every split second that has been taken by the devil. And you are, you are the reason they interact. And so tonight we shall engage in some warfare. You see, whenever you see revival, whenever you see the gospel being preached, just know that the enemy will be fighting. The enemy will be resisting. The enemy sometimes claims certain territories. Like Makerere. Makerere is, uh, is uh, the, the prince there. But we have, we have now dethroned him. A prince of confusion, of, of noise, of violence, of strikes. You know, when they don't strike, they're not happy. When we are thanking God in the church, that, oh, thank you, Lord, we have had a season of peace, somebody is saying, no, no, that's not what I want. You know? So, you are, you, there are two kingdoms, two kingdoms. When Archbishop Orombi was bidding farewell, I remember this when, when the prophet was leading us in prayer, praying for Kumi, you know, the Soroti region. When he was bidding farewell in Soroti Diocese. We gathered in a, a, a school playground because the people were too many to, to, for, to be accommodated in the cathedral. And uh, as we worshipped, towards the end, as we worshipped, one minister of state was giving a speech and a huge snake you know, came to the altar, to the altar, brown, long, with, with a head. Nobody saw where it came from. We just saw it at the altar there. And, and it was moving around the altar, you know, in a circle. And of course, some of us were already running and, you know, 
I, I held a plastic chair and stood behind the Archbishop. Uh, when it came near me, I, I found myself in another place. <laughs> and you know, the last thing you want is for that thing to get into your robes. It's like getting in a dress, so you don't want the thing to get in your robes. Otherwise, you start jumping around. and <laughs> So, the bishop then got a mic like this and said, somebody give me, get me a stick, somebody, get me a stick. And then a person came and brought a, a, a kind of branch of a tree. It was too big. He said, no, this is too big, you know, get another on the mic. And so they brought one, sizable, nice one. And, uh, and he kept saying, I am now going to hit it. I am now going to hit it. Now, why don't you hit it? <laughs> why don't you hit it? I am now going to hit it. And then finally, he gathered some courage. Now, you could see that, that was a demon, my friend. The thing was, you know. So, finally he hit it, and it flew in the air. Oh, yes, oh, yes, no exaggeration. Flew and, and was coming down for him. So he jumped, you know, and hit it again. Bless him, he, he managed to, to break its back. Hit it again. And, uh, and when we could see that now he had uh, hit it like twice, we started coming back with the plastic chairs. <laughs> you know? A territorial spirit, very, very clear. And by the way, one of the bishops was bitten by a snake and he died. Oh yeah, B Bishop Iruko, that's how he died. So that place is not easy. That place is not easy. But I have also ever been preaching here and during the, the service, a snake, uh -huh, you remember? A snake jumped there in, the, in that tent there and the people, <laughs> as we prayed here. The last time I, I was actually here. During the service, it was Sunday. A snake there, just there. So don't just think of Soroti and uh, <laughs> it's not an easy place as well. But the Lord is here. Amen. Amen. But the Lord is here. So there is an interaction of kingdoms. But God is saying that oppression will not come near you. Amen. Far, far from oppression. You are a child of God. You are covered. You have the power. You have the authority. But should there be anyone, you know, who still needs that freedom, then the Lord is here. The Lord, uh, where, where is uh, Elon? The Lord is here because I, I just want to end with this little illustration. Come, come, come we go.
This little illustration, don't worry, there is no explosive. <laughs> there is no explosive here. So, I happen to have been a teacher. For some time, high school teacher, but I still teach. I still teach, and uh, illustrations speak uh, very loudly. So, my friend here, Elon. Is uh, our example. There was a time I went to Ajumani and we were invited by the RDC, who graciously gave us dinner. No lunch, it was lunch. And then I was able to see in his compound there was a monkey as a pet. He had a monkey as a pet. And that monkey was tethered. But the monkey could come and play around and climb walls and he would climb his wall and walk along the wall. The rope was long enough to allow it to climb the wall but not to go beyond the wall into the neighbor's uh, gardens. And so there are people, there are people who are truly Christian. They've given their lives to the Lord. They come to church, but tethered. The rope is long enough to allow them to come to church. The rope is long enough to allow them to sing the rope is long enough, keep going, to allow them to give tithe and, and other offerings. <laughs> the rope is long enough to even allow them to preach. They can preach, you know, but it is where they can't go beyond. It's where they can't go beyond. I was reflecting on the account of, uh, of Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. And the Bible says, Jesus told the people around, said, untie him and let him go. He had already raised him from the dead. He was alive, he could see, he could talk, but bound. And Jesus said, unbind him. So they are believers of that category, within that category. They are bound. They are bound by some demons, by some traditions. You know, people um, have one leg in the church, another in, in, in you know, a shrine. It's what we call syncretism. They, 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 if they see a woman as the first thing in the morning, they say, oh, my day is ruined. And this is a Christian. If an owl, owl, a bird, you know, 
worships the Lord in the morning, makes some noise, he says, oh, somebody's going to die in this. It's a bad omen. When they see a rat, this rodent with a long tail, cross, crossing the road, and then when the rat sees them, runs back. Oh, there's trouble ahead. But this is a Christian. The Lord tonight is going to unbind you and loose you from that oppression and you will be able to reach your destiny and to go where you have never been. Amen? Praise the name of Jesus. Because his power is here to deliver somebody tonight. And so we are going to stand and uh, pray together. I think let me invite the choir uh, to come and help us uh, sing a song. And, uh, and then we shall pray. Please get, get up on your feet. But your freedom has come. Oppression is far from you. Because God is your defense. And his power is here to protect you, to free you from every kind of oppression in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus.